Aloha and welcome to Elevating Motherhood. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Lori Beth Aldridge. I've taken my passion for conversation, perspective, and supporting moms and turned it into a podcast. My goal is to talk openly about motherhood, offer new ideas, and help moms find their confidence in this busy and sometimes overwhelming world we live in. We're going to dive deep, open up, and elevate motherhood. Thanks for being here with me. Let's get started. The mastermind I'm in with Jennifer Ford Berry, Becky Kapitsky, and Amy DeBruck has an exciting announcement. We are hosting our first ever in-person retreat this fall at Shaker Village outside of Lexington, Kentucky. It's called the Focus Retreat, and we could not be more thrilled to share this opportunity with you. Join us this September for the chance to gather with other business-minded mamas who long for the opportunity to carve out time and focus on what matters most to them and their businesses and lives, community, strategy, family, organization, and confidence. We're taking a whole woman approach to our coaching in this retreat by integrating business, personal, and spiritual growth. I love that this will all happen in person with other women who value genuine community over just networking. There'll be keynote workshops, breakout sessions, social gatherings, a mastermind panel to help you learn how to form your own mastermind, and the in-person opportunity to introduce you to other women who are also interested in joining a mastermind, plus an optional VIP experience at Amy's Lake House with live music, delicious food, and sisterhood. Come hang out with me, Jennifer, Becky, and Amy in person this September at the Focus Retreat in beautiful Kentucky. Go to thefocusretreat.com for more information and to reserve your spot for this boutique retreat. Tickets are limited. Head to thefocusretreat.com to reserve yours. Today's topic fascinates me. There are so many times in my life I've wondered if I'm a people pleaser. I have wondered if I was taught to be a people pleaser, or even if everyone in our society has been taught to be people pleasing to some degree. I've questioned if some of my decisions are centered around people pleasing, and if it's something I need to work on in my life. Am I modeling it for my kids, even by accident? Am I expecting it from them unintentionally? Like, I am sure you're here because you've wondered similar things about people pleasing as well. My friend Lynn Carter is here to help us unpack our people pleasing habits and provide us with some much needed perspective to refocus our time, attention, values, and schedules and shake our people pleasing tendencies. She's sweet, funny, kind, and so encouraging. She tackles this conversation without making it a heavy. And for that, I am so very grateful. Lynn Carter is the creator and host of the Good News Mama podcast. She is a wife, boy mom, her son's coach, which she talks a little bit about in the show. And my dear friend, mamas, I am so excited to introduce you to the very encouraging Lynn Carter. Aloha, Lynn. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks, girl. It's been too long since we've been able to catch up. I know. We have so much to talk about. And we just, I just had an epiphany when we were talking for like two seconds before we hit record. I was telling you that I'm getting ready to record or publish a show. It's already recorded. I'm going to publish a a show that I'm like, oh man, it's going to stir the pot. It's going to cause some controversy. You know, my hope is that it will stretch people and get them to think and really bring their own discernment to the table. I always trust that my listeners are bringing their own discernment and their own family's needs to the table. And just, I'm just going to be asking people to stretch on this one issue. And I've been struggling with hitting publish because... People pleasing. People pleasing. It's what? in the back of our minds. And oh then we have been totally set up to talk about this specifically no. and work through it before I hit publish. And so for that, I am so grateful. So all of that aside, I would love for my listeners to get to know more about you in your own words. Yes. Well, I should start by saying I'm a mama of three because I feel like that's the season of all the time going into all the kids. I have three boys. Um, I'm a wife. 
life. Yeah, there's my husband too. I can't forget him. <laughs> Sometimes I get those priorities backwards. Um, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I work as a physical therapist part-time. I love to podcast. Um, and yeah, I guess I, I'm into coaching my kids right now. Fun fact, my son plays basketball. I'm coaching seven to nine-year-old boys, which is a challenge of my patience. It's taught me so many things about myself and <laughs> about my children. So I'm thankful for that. Um, I can tell you lots of stories, but I won't waste any time on that. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast episode. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I would Let's say-, say it's made me realize that my children are normal, right? Because I think we put so much stress on our kids that, oh my gosh, can you just listen? Can you just behave? Can you just, just this for me? And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just children. It's just who they are. They're just busy and boys and energy. And so God's had to rein me in on that. <laughs> just kind of oh, great. <laughs> Oh man, I would love to attend one of your games because not I, really. Not really <laughs> <laughs> well, no. let's just put it this way: we're into developing character. Basketball skills may or may not be there, but we're working on working through a winning attitude instead of a whining attitude. We won our first game two to four, so that should tell you something. It's <laughs> amazing. Oh gosh, it's fun. I have so many life lessons through that experience alone. That would be a whole nother episode. Oh yeah, we could talk <clears throat> physical therapy. We could talk about physical therapy oh my and gosh, character no. building and all the things. I took my girls to their first basketball game ever the other day. It's like you know, not quite junior high, maybe junior high, fourteen mm-hmm. year olds playing and. Oh, I got right back into it as if I'd never mm-hmm. left high school. Like, mm-hmm. be aggressive, boys. Let's go. Yeah. And I'm like, you right. know what? I can't. Like, I can't attend quiet. these anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, was I the only one cheering I don't that even loud? Have a kid <laughs> in the game, but I'm like, <laughs> right, totally. Stopped for people pleasing tendencies because I thought, oh my gosh, what if I'm like making someone mad? I literally turned to my neighbor and was like, can I ask them to be more aggressive? <laughs> And all right. It is such a balance of like, oh, am I overstepping? Is, is this too I much? Know. <laughs> I know. Are we too much? Are we too much? Lynn, let's talk about people pleasing because sure. I know so many of us are coming to the table. What got you thinking about people pleasing? <clears throat> Honestly, um, I struggle with it myself. I think everybody does to some degree. And I just got tired of how wrapped up I was in everybody else caring, like me caring about what everybody else thought, basically. And I, I think it's an epidemic. I think it's a disease. I think it's something that if we don't treat seriously, it is going to hijack our time and our lives and mm-hmm. our confidence and just who we are. And so that's, I felt like God really spoke this into my life as far as being um, very, uh, I won't say strict, but I'll say very focused. How about that? Very focused on what I value, on what matters, and how to live that way. Because I know we say all the time, oh, well, these are my priorities. And then you look at your calendar, and those are not your priorities. <laughs> Am I speaking to you? Because this is really speaking to me, even right now as I'm saying it. Um, I like to think that I prioritize things right. I like to think that I, I'm a Christian, so I like to think that I'm honoring God and the things I choose to pour into. And I try my best, but sometimes I think I just also as moms get caught up in, well, somebody's got to do it. It needs to get done. Um, Who's going to do it if I don't? Um, What will they think of me if I don't volunteer for this? If I don't show my face at this event, if I don't, you know, rise to the occasion when, you know, something has to be done in my kid's classroom or, you know, those sorts of things. And it's a lot of pressure and I don't like living that way. And so that for me was just asking God to help me through that and to show me in his word and um, in my life where I could submit that to him. And he did. And so I like to share about it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a hot topic for moms, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Well, what did that look like for you? What, what, what? Well, for me, it made me look at my calendar first. It made me um, see, okay, God, I know my, I want my identity to be in you, not in pleasing other people. I want to serve you, not other people. You can't serve both God and man, right? So when I looked at it from that point of view, it became so much clearer that there were good things in my life, but they weren't necessarily things that God had told me to do, things that I really was serving him in my life's mission and purpose, things that yeah, we got to step up sometimes and volunteer for things. But I think it's those ongoing commitments, getting roped in again, feeling the um, pressure from other people, for one, and then 
um, just really finding my validation in that instead of in God. And so he showed me so much about that. And um, I just think that it's not just a mom thing. I think everybody struggles with it, but I think God wants to free us from that. He wants us to remind, he wants to remind us who we are in him. And from there, learn how to cultivate the discipline to manage our time, to submit to him the things that are truly for his glory, for his purpose. So it's not just moms, it's everybody. Yeah. I was going to ask that if you felt like it was moms in particular, I mean, Mm -hmm. any mom could sit around and Mm -hmm. talk about this. It would be an unbecoming topic and be like, Hey, so I struggle with people pleasing. Can we talk about this? It was hard to sit down and say that honestly out loud, because we're having to admit that we are flawed in a society that actually um, holds moms up on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to do a whole episode about it too. I was just thinking about it this morning and when I was going to release it. It's not the one I was referencing earlier, but (laughs) not the scary um, one. Yeah. Hero complex and how we really, you know, it's, it's easy to see in things like teachers Mm -hmm. and doctors and, and different professions. Mm -hmm. But I dare say that moms also have it too. And that we, you know, can do no wrong sort of thing. Mm -hmm. At the same time, behind closed doors, we're thinking we're doing everything wrong. And but right. it's, that, it's that lie, if you will, that we can do no wrong that keeps us from really reflecting and doing the work that needs to be done to make the changes that we need to make. Well, and what you just said and the way that you put that makes so much sense because I don't think that anybody comes out and starts teaching us how to be a people pleaser, right? I think it's a learned thing. I think that we develop pride and it comes naturally when we help other people, when we um, do things that matter, it makes us feel good, right? So we get this positive reinforcement. Hey, when I do good for others, when I do, 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 do all these things, spend all this time, put all this effort in, I get recognized. I feel good about myself. I get praise. And that becomes addictive sometimes. Yes. It's a feeling that gives us validation, worthiness. Um, it makes us kind of feel like, like you said, like, we can do no wrong. We feel honor. We feel respected. And so to maintain that level, we continually feed back into it. And it's not healthy. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's really a fine line because I was even telling my husband this um, with sports, right? So like, I love sports. I love watching them. Same thing as you. Like I go to my niece's ball, basketball games and I'm like yelling from the sideline and my boys are like four, six and eight. So there's no reason we should be there other than I love her and want to support her. right? <laughs> and I truly love watching the game. And just the fact that with sports alone, you're teaching your kids skills and you're teaching them things like perseverance and teamwork and all these good things out of it. But sometimes as parents, we find identity in how good our kids are. And we find Mm -hmm. validation in trying to make them better and um, just kind of give them that positive reinforcement. But it turns into, oh, this makes my mom and dad happy. They're proud of me when I do good. I should keep playing this sport. I should keep doing this thing. And it might not even be who they are. They just want to make us happy. So we're turning our kids into people pleasers without knowing it if we're not careful. And so I try to fight that by asking my kids questions. Do you like this sport? Do you like playing this? I mean, I know I enjoy it, but I don't want my feelings and my thoughts to influence them when they can make certain decisions for themselves. If you're not into it, buddy, that's okay. We can try something new. You're not going to sit around and watch video games all day, but you're going to you're going to do something. But you know, we can basically teach our kids how to avoid the same pitfalls that we have and give them the power to say, well, I know that you enjoy watching me play this, but I don't really enjoy it that much. Okay, no problem. Let's try something different. And it gives them confidence to make those decisions instead of letting other people decide how you spend your time, how you spend your energy, what gives you validation and, you know, um, worthiness and all those things. So, It's definitely something that kids, I think we just pick up on from a young age and then we pass it on to our kids and then they pass it on to their kids. And it's just not fun. It's draining, all those things. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. All the things. Yes. (laughs) Pandora's box was just open for sure with the dissatisfaction component in there too, like showing up for other people, pleasing them you know, first putting their needs and, and what, what it is they think of us before our own needs and, mm-hmm. and also before who we are. And my gosh, oh yeah. Finding our identity in things that don't matter. It's mm-hmm. just, it's wild. It's a wild circle. You're right. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, where, where can we start unlearning 
a lot of this. Well, so I have to be completely honest because I feel like people that listen to podcasts come from all different backgrounds and views. So this might not be everybody's jam, but this is the truth. This is from my Christian background, from me loving the Lord and submitting to him. I think it comes first from you have to have a strong identity in Christ. You have to let go of all the other things, the labels, the um, everything society wants to put on you and characterize you as, because I think there's always this unspoken expectation that you're going to uphold them. And then when you don't, you crumble, you get so down on yourself. You, you know, sink into this, woe is me. I can't do anything right. All, like you said, the behind the scenes stuff in the spotlight, we look great, put together, whatever. But when we love the Lord, our confidence comes from him. Our identity Mm -hmm. is in him. We don't have to live in fear, anxiety, all the things that naturally I think as mothers happen to us when we have little humans we love that are running around, you know, we worry, but God has really challenged me. Am I a woman of worry or am I a woman of the word? Am I going to trust that in second Corinthians five seventeen, I am a new creation in Christ, that the old is gone, the new has come, that he can make me new from the inside out and give me identity in him. Because the truth is nobody likes confrontation, right? Lori Beth, <laughs> nobody <laughs> likes <laughs> having to say, <laughs> I don't agree with you, right? Does anybody want to get canceled that's listening to this podcast? Really, it's right. that always what if, what if, what if, what are people going to think? What are people going to say? And I think that by having confidence in Christ and our identity and who we are gives us the confidence that gives us that sure footing that, you know what, you can cancel me. You can say what you need to say. Those are not my priorities. Those things do not align with my beliefs. They're not important to me. You don't have to say it in those words. That sounds really scary. But sometimes confrontation can look like um, just being honest with yourself, confronting yourself first and saying, does this align with my values? Is this what God is leading me to? Or am I sort of falling into a trap again of, I really think they need help. I'm feeling guilted. That's a big thing. I'm feeling guilted into Mm -hmm. doing this. Um, And, you know, God is trying to tell us, I don't want you to live that life. Like put away all those demands. I want you to rest in me. I want you to find peace in me first. And then everything that you do from that will be blessed. That will be something that I will have my hand on because I've called you to it. You will find that you're pouring time into my word and I'm pouring my spirit into you. So I'm giving you the energy to sustain you in the things you do. So the burnout is minimized, right? I mean, there are only so many hours in the day, but but he does, he gives us the confidence that we need. So if if I'm not identifying myself in Christ, if I'm not who he says that I am, a chosen, a royal priesthood, holy and, and loved, like all these things that he has made me into, he created me, then everything else that I do from that is just extra fluff that's going to evaporate, that won't stand, that won't last. And so the first thing is finding your confidence. The second thing is, I would say, you need to get clear. So if you're not clear on those values and the things that matter to you, that's kind of we touched on it earlier. Go to your calendar. If you're wondering, what do I really find important? Just look at your calendar. You do the things that are important to you. And nobody really likes to hear that because you think in your mind and your excuses, I have to do these things. These things, these things have to get done. They're important to me. But when I look at my values and I see, uh, you know, my family being important, I have to go to my job. I have to go take my kids to school because they're in public school. Those are time things I can't work around. Um, and I, I have to go to church when I'm believing and in church and in the word and with family and church family. I am actually making time and space in my mind and remembering that God is the most important and, and clearing that space for him. And so if I can get clear on those things and have my priorities laid out, then I can ask myself, you know, when the PTO comes to me, which is ironic because I'm serving on the PTO right now, <laughs> but when the PTO comes to me and asks me to do something, I can say, you know what, I can't com- commit to this right now, but I, I might be able to help out and bring in some goodies for this other event. Those things become easier and confrontation is not as difficult because I think we're worried about letting people down or having their reaction. And it's so much easier when you have it outlined in your heart and on your paper that this is important and this is not. And then the third thing I would say is just the commitment to be able to stick to those things with boundaries. And that's the hard part. Some Mm. people have never been taught boundaries before, myself included. I never really knew what they were. Um, I thought boundaries were a way of controlling people. (laughs) That's the farthest thing from the truth. You cannot control anybody. (laughs) And so boundaries are protecting you and your peace and things that you will allow and not allow. And to understand that and learn that 
is where you can put those boundaries into place and say, if you have time for something, if you really care about pleasing other people with it, or is this what God's told me to do? Am I working within that boundary? And so the confidence and the clarity and the commitment, I put them as C's because I remember things easier when they sound similar. (laughs) So confidence, clarity, and commitment are kind of the framework that I work around with my heart and my life. And whenever one of those is suffering and I go back to my identity in the Christ and reading the Bible, who he tells me I am, then things start to reprioritize again. It's always like a reset button, <laughs> I feel like. Mm-hmm. So good. Oh my gosh. All the, all the things. Um, the, my notes are super fantastic. <laughs> I love your point. And Thanks, they're practical and they're the truth. They really are. I'll tell you that this move to Idaho, it's so interesting because everyone's like, why would you ever leave Maui? Why would you, why would you move to Idaho? Why, you know, everything was so good and it was good until it wasn't. And one of the interesting things about this move that this move has shown me 10 months into it is that a lot of my identity was wrapped up in being from Maui. Oh, about that. And like a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And I did not realize that until I was removed from Maui. And here in Idaho, I have grown closer to Christ. And that is because I am no longer wrapped up in Maui and all Mm -hmm. of the drama and politics of there. I mean, there was so much good there too, and so much beauty and so much of God's creation everywhere that was just jaw-droppingly stunning. But that same beauty is also here. And finding a church here has made a huge difference because my confidence has soared. I have less anxiety here. And it's not because I live on the mainland now. It's because (laughs) my identity is wrapped up in Christ and not superficial things or places. And because of that, my confidence has increased because of that. I would not describe myself as a person who has anxiety anymore. And I would not describe myself as someone who prioritizes worry. So everything you just said, I have chills just thinking about it, really wraps up and summarizes what it is I've experienced since moving here. Because I've talked more openly about my faith. I've talked more openly about being a Christian and my beliefs and my values and brought Mm -hmm. them more to the forefront since being here. And it's because I have more confidence like you're talking about. And I know where it comes from and I have more clarity. And once I had those things, the anxiety and worry just naturally started to dissipate because I feel like anxiety and worry is often a byproduct of secular culture. Yes. They're telling you, don't rock the boat. And all that people pleasing stuff comes in. Don't rock the boat unless we tell you to rock the boat about what it is we think that the boat should be rocked. Then you may speak up and you may align Mm -hmm. with us. I don't experience any of that in my Christian faith, contrary to what some people believe, but that most of the time those people are outside the faith and have no idea. It's just so interesting and Um, I'm seeing exactly what it is you're talking about. And I have felt guilted into and cornered into so many different topics or like, this is what you should talk about. And I've had people come and say like, why are you just suddenly so much more Christian? And I'm like, Oh, oh really? What? Yeah. It's oh very strange. People have had a lot of opinions about me speaking up about my wow. faith more because they're yeah. like, aren't you going to be more inclusive? And I'm like, Oh, wow. That's a wow. whole other, that's a whole other oh. podcast episode too. Let me tell you. Yes, girl. Well, you know what? The Bible talks about that. I mean, that's what this episode will be. It will be a sweet aroma to some and it will stink to others because the Bible says that for those that who are, are believing and being saved, it is a sweet aroma, but it is a stench and a filth to those that are perishing. And it's not that being a Christian makes you better than anybody. Oh my gosh. So many people think that I feel so bad for them because it doesn't, it makes us realize how unworthy we are. We actually are unworthy and we need Jesus. And that's all being a Christian is. It's saying, I need Jesus. I have this relationship with him. But when you do, when you truly do have that relationship, like you said, and your identity being in him, everything else in your life starts to make more sense, more joy, more everything's magnified, the things that are good and all the things that are troublesome, worrisome, um, just robbing you of life and energy, they start to minimize. He becomes greater, I become less. That's what it says in John 3.30. And so when we live that way and we seek to glorify and honor him and all those things, 
that makes me feel good. That makes me have my worth. That gives me my identity. And just like you said, it gives you the confidence because as you speak your faith and as you speak the truth and the word, it becomes more rooted in you. God gives us more. Look, I'm shaking my hands. Are, I'm like, <laughs> my computer screen shaking. I'm so excited because it's so powerful. And so we just don't even understand the chains that the Holy Spirit can break free. And when we do, it's just like, oh my gosh, Lord, thank you. Thank you for doing this for me. And so when we get to a point where we surrender ourselves to him and truly start to live according to his word and look into his word, like looking in a mirror, and the Bible says, not as one that sees dimly or you know, through a cloud, but looking in a mirror, we begin to see ourselves. God begins to show us who we are. We begin to see things that don't look that good and don't make us feel that good about ourselves. And he gives us the ability to replace those with things of him. And it talks about that in John 15, about he is the vine and we are the branches. And if we remain in him, then we'll bear fruit, fruit that will last. But if we are separated, if we're apart from him, we can do nothing. It says that apart from me, you can do nothing. And so as moms that feel like we have to do everything, oh my gosh, to know that in him, we can do everything. It just, everything becomes possible. It makes more sense to us. It helps us when we're feeling low, when we're feeling like I'm the only one that does this. Oh my gosh, how many times have I believed that lie? I'm the only one that struggles with this. I'm the only one that um, can't get my kids to school on time. I'm the only one that has forgotten my kid on a half a day at school. Like things like all my shortcomings that I have done. I'm like, oh, I'm such a failure. And Jesus just says, no, you're not. You're mine. And that's enough. That's the forgiveness I need to keep on going. So I love that you shared that. Gosh, isn't that amazing when God gives us something like that and then shows us that about ourselves and you're just like, oh my gosh, thank you, God, Mm -hmm. for using such an awful thing that turned into something good. Mm -hmm. It's a little uncomfortable, (laughs) but it feels, it's uncomfortable because it feels new, if you will, but it's not uncomfortable in the, um, undoable sense. Like it isn't doable. Right. It's not undoable. And I don't feel anxious or worry about it. It's like, oh shoot, that truth is a little bit uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but I also feel equipped to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And like you were talking about things of motherhood that we worry about or get paralyzed by, and that we feel like we can do nothing right. All of what you're talking about helps with mood. It helps with tasks. It mm-hmm. helps with our beliefs and getting more solid in that so that we can move forward with more confidence, like you're saying. And then it's almost like as if we're talking about this, then people pleasing is just like a thing of the past. Mm -hmm. I do feel like the way I was talking about anxiety and worry melting away, I do feel like people pleasing could also melt away. It's just a little bit harder. I feel like because it, like you said, it's such a, um, it's an epidemic that needs to change. It's Mm -hmm. something that we're used to and it's always hard to, let's like change our way of thinking and and allow ourselves to go a different way. Um, I think sometimes in my life, I don't realize there's a different way, if that makes sense. Like I've done something the same way every single time. And it kind of comes into my marriage, into my parenting, um, because I'll do something differently than my husband. And I'll automatically think that you're doing it wrong because that's not how I would do it. <laughs> and God shows me things like that. I actually saw a comedian that said his wife and him were married for 17 years and they were still married, but he was making the point that um, he couldn't do anything right. And he's like, I just find it hard to believe that uh, um, you're batting a thousand and I'm over. Like I got nothing. <laughs> I was like, Ugh. and then and I laughed about that because we had just had a conversation. I can really easily um, think that my way is the highway kind of thing. And when I realize, huh, I didn't have to do that. I didn't have to be involved in that. I don't have to have my kids play every single sports season to have them doing something. I can take a break. Nobody is like, my kids are not going to suffer. Trust me. And I think that it's because we're out of our identity with Christ. We start to compare ourselves to other people. What What is your family doing? What, how do you handle this? And then we start feeling these unspoken expectations that if I don't do what they're doing, if I don't treat my kids um, to a certain um, reward or take them to a certain place or give them a certain experience or allow them to play a certain sport or take them to this certain birthday for all these different things that we think we have to do. We really, do we have to, do we really, is that really that important? Um, And so I've just, I've really committed in my mind, like my prayer for my boys and Ben and I pray this over our boys. We want them to know and love and serve Jesus all their days. And we want to develop that relationship with them and teach them how our love for the Lord has changed our lives. And we make that a priority. And 
sometimes that looks different than other families and that's okay. It will be fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Comparing ourselves to other people and the way they do things, even other Christian families within our church. But it's, it's very difficult when the world is always in our face, if our mm-hmm. face is not in the word, because we're going to lose our focus. So mm-hmm. that's important. There's definitely a heartbeat of fear and uh, worry about uh, worthiness that yes. is driving a lot of yeah. our decisions as parents. And oh, it definitely feels like it's time to step out of that for sure. For sure. Mm. Well, from another practical standpoint, what is the the balance between meeting our own needs and being empathetic to the needs of others? I just feel like that's like a balance of motherhood that we're Mm -hmm. constantly walking of meeting our own needs, making sure our kids have what it is they need. And then also, you know, all the input from the outside, obviously, speaks into us. And so we're just constantly trying to find what what our secular world calls me time. Yeah. Trying to show up and be, you know, the best Pinterest mom we can be. <clears throat> yep. Waste of energy. I agree. I agree completely. <laughs> well, I think that this is an unpopular opinion, but I think that I think that the self-care movement is glamorized. I think that it's often turned what's turned in from um realizing that you don't have to meet all these expectations and sacrifice yourself on the altar of motherhood. You don't have to do all these things. You need to take time for yourself has turned into, if I'm not having Starbucks and a massage, am I really having self-care? Like, like <laughs> preach, <Okay>. right? <laughs> so I think that, um, I think that there, there is a balance between taking care of yourself and taking care of your family. I think that as Christians, we're called to serve and that doesn't mean doing everything all the time for everyone. And I think that the way that I was raised, I saw my mom, she's a helper at heart. She's a servant at heart. She jumped in, she does things, but I also saw burnout and I saw that um, she didn't say no very much to the things that were good, but they weren't necessarily of God for that time in our family's life. And it wasn't that they were wrong. It was just, it made it more busy. It made her more stressful. Um, And I just, I didn't want that. And so when I think about balancing my own family's needs versus my needs, I don't try to think of it as a versus. I try to think of it as a ebbing and flowing. Like there's going to be times when I got to tap out. I tell my husband, I'm like, you got this because I need a few. (laughs) Like I have to be very honest. And he's the same way. And so we try to communicate before we get to the breaking point. Because um, for me, I'm not that great with scheduling things and like following a planner and looking. I mean, I try to be, I'm super distracted. Like I just get interested in all these fun things and want to go and do and, oh, yep, that's dirty. So we should probably clean that even before this podcast. Oh, I need to clean my whole house. No, you don't. You need to, (laughs) you need to get ready for the podcast. And so (laughs) I'm so guilty. I'm so guilty of that. And I find all these things and get distracted. So I don't, I'm not good at saying, okay, at 10 o'clock on this day, I'm going to schedule in some time for me. And so I think it's important to take care of ourselves. I don't think you can pour from an empty cup. I think that's why it's important to get in the word, to have God fill you first before you try pouring out for others. I do believe in that. Um, But I also believe that Jesus was a servant and he made it so clear that he came to serve and to save and to seek what was lost. And if you notice, though, he wasn't always available all the time to everyone. He got away. He prayed. Mm-hmm. He spent time with the Father. He sought the great. Father's will. Everything. And God has really shown me this in the past few months over and over again. He's shown it through me to me through the word. And he's shown it to me through um, the TV series, The Chosen, just about, mm. which is actually very good. I don't, so it's kind of biblically based with the stories of Jesus, but there's also some liberty in you know, making relationships and kind of what life must have been like and how they must have interacted. And But it just helps me think about things in a way of they were real people. They were just like me. It wasn't um, Jesus. He, he all the time was seeking to glorify the Father. In that show, it said over and over again in God's word, it says that Jesus came to glorify the Father. He came to do what the Father told him to do. And if I'm living my life like Jesus, then I've got to do what he did right? I've got to be obedient. I've got mm-hmm. to serve. I've got to do those things. But I don't think that there's a, a me, me, me time all the time. And I don't think there's a pour out all the time. I think there's got to be a balance to it. And it, it looks different for different people in different families. But I think that the way our culture has made self-care look lately 
is very, very selfish and very self-centered. I think it's taken a little bit beyond, um, hey, mama, make sure you take care of yourself, take some time, prioritize some things. And it's become more like, well, did you really take time for yourself if you didn't do it the way that this person's doing it? If you're not, you know, and just uh-huh. expectation again, even in our rest, even in taking care of ourselves, there's always pressure to do it a certain way to meet somebody else's expectation or please other people and the things we say and do even on our own time. <laughs> uh-huh. Why is it that way? <laughs> right. And the self-centeredness is the key in that for sure. What you brought up is I, I was raised with a servant heart and I was raised in that way. I, I don't know if my parents actually used that terminology, but I knew that that is what my dad intended was that it's really important to have a service heart and to serve. And then it's interesting because as I got older, I started to realize that a lot of the world saw service as servant. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people thought that they should have servants and people should serve them. Mm-hmm. And that was where that self-centeredness started mm-hmm. to switch. So instead of just pouring out and having that be the natural way of life and have that be what was modeled around me, all of a sudden it was like, no, if you're in a field of service, because I was a personal assistant for almost a decade, and that is very much a service industry, if you will. Mm-hmm. But I never was treated like a servant. Mm-hmm. at all. In fact, the complete opposite of that. So it was interesting because I felt like it was full circle for me to then realize that I think that people have got it wrong, that if you're in a service industry or a service job or something like that, you're not a servant to other people. You're there to serve other people. And there's mm-hmm. a huge difference. It's a subtle nuance and wording, but mm-hmm. it's a huge, huge gap in understanding of what it means to have a, a, a heart of service. And mothers are 100% called to that, but we are being asked to pull away from that and to not recognize the value in having a service heart as a mom and that motherhood is a service role. Mm-hmm. It's really seen as like, what, what did you say, dying on the... What do you say? Altar of motherhood. <laughs> yeah, dying on the altar of motherhood. I wrote it down like four pages back because that's so many notes I have written down. <laughs> it's so good. But it's it's like we have that disconnect. There's that disconnect mm-hmm. there with what it is I think our true nature is moms and what it is we're asked to be and how it is we're asked to show up. If we do that with a service heart in the truest sense, it is easier. And there's more of an organic ebb and flow. You can show Mm -hmm. up with enough energy and strength because you know where it comes from. And you can also stop trying to schedule it on the calendar. As much as we talked about the practicality of putting things on the calendar that matter, it's also being able to take a step back and say, okay, I don't feel very well right now. I feel like I might be coming down with something. I'm going to pause. You can't write that on the calendar and be like, Mm -hmm. on February 21st, I'm going to not feel well and I'm going to take some time for me. So it's really being able to practically come in too and take care of the needs of yourself and your family. And once you start to do it with that lens on, it's way less stressful and you're not fighting for me time. You're just normally and naturally expressing your needs. Mm -hmm. Well, that and you don't give yourself time to get um, out of character. Like if you're super stressed out and you're just feeling it well up inside of you, Sometimes we don't even realize that we need a moment until we've already lashed out at somebody, whether it's our husband or our children, the people we love the most. And so then we feel guilty and then we're just feeling bad about ourselves when in reality we needed to step back. We needed to become more aware of how we're feeling. And I find this all the time, like just in the life being a parent to my children, I'll tell them something and I'll immediately go, huh, (laughs) like that's probably how God feels about me. All the time. And so if we can be more aware, we can catch those things early, kind of like um, hungry and angry becoming hangry, right? Like if you can catch that your kids are going to be hungry and prepare with a snack before they get to this angry and hungry phase, which is a nightmare, then you can avoid all the drama and the the going through the guilt and the shame of, oh, I messed up and all these things. So just trying to be, you know, taking the time to, to resettle. I mean, Trust me, I at least once every basketball practice I have with these boys, I'm like, let's go get some water so I can have a break. Like, <laughs> make sure. <laughs> Let me just take a breath real quick. <laughs> and so it is it is all the time and constant. But I think it's one. it's like a muscle, like our spiritual muscle that we work in faith when we pray, when we seek God, it gets stronger and stronger. 
the same thing with self-awareness, the same thing with having an outlook on our family that really gives us joy and lets us enjoy the peace and things like that. So, Oh, you're so spot on. And I feel like we could have a whole separate conversation about getting out of character. What lovely wording because I'm like, Lynn, were you in my house last night? (laughs) I was in my house last night. That's awesome. It was an exact scenario and it was absolutely a mirror um, for things. I, I got out of character um, because mm-hmm. I got hangry. Okay. It's not my kid's fault that I did not manage my, my hunger levels and all of right. that and timing well. And I pulled them in and said, um, I think that you could do better. Mm-hmm. in this area that I yelled at you about. And, um, and I looked at the other one and said, I think you could do better in this area that I yelled at your sisters for taking advantage <laughs> of. And I said, and also I think I could do better yes. <laughs> um, yes, not girl. yelling and explaining this stuff to you oh, and my- helping you work this out. And it literally is what happened. Oh last my gosh, night. that is so true. That that being said, that being said, I, I share that as an affirmation for you, but also for other moms, because I think that there's a lot of patience and a lot of time and a lot of constant work that goes into this. Sometimes we'll go into a topic like people pleasing and say, okay, I think I've got some people pleasing tendencies. I think I need to work on them. And then we, we hear messages like this and we feel convicted and we start working on it. And all of a sudden we get these unrealistic timelines about what this looks like. So could you talk with us a little bit about what you think a realistic timeline is for people who want to work past their people-pleasing tendencies? I think that, um, well, just what you were saying about the kids first off, I have to say, I have found myself more and more saying to my boys, mommy didn't do very good right now. Like mommy did not make a good choice. I was frustrated. Like, and just trying to put labels and names to Mm -hmm. things so they can understand I'm human too. I did not do a good job of taking a deep breath because I'll say to my kids, take a deep breath and I'll make them take the breath and blow it out. And I sometimes forget that for my own self. And so I completely understand what you're saying with all of that because it's so humbling to go to a five-year-old and apologize and humble yourself and say, you know what? But that's being modeled to them, right? I even said to my husband earlier this week, we had a growth moment, as I like to call it. We call it a fight. We choose to call it a growth moment. It was painful. Growing is painful sometimes. But yeah. we were having a conversation that we didn't want to have. And it was one that needed to happen. And he had his opinions and I had mine. And at the end of that conversation, after everything, you know, the dust settled and we were snuggling in bed that night because that's how good God is. He can take something really bad two hours before and make it really good two hours later. I said, um, do you think that our parents ever had conversations like we just had and he's like if they did I don't know about it <laughs> because we we didn't really see that modeled right and it was hard to do and that's if anything I want our kids to see that in our marriage and in our lives that we mess up we take ownership of it we love and forgive we move on we do better you know all these things together um so what you're saying about timelines okay i like i said i'm not that great with timelines and managing my time sometimes But I think that I am great at um, expecting perfectionism, expecting overachievement. I'm great at putting the bar high regardless of a timeline. So I would say first thing before you even think of timeline is just get realistic. We're not looking to move mountains on the first night. Mm -hmm. I think after this podcast, people can start to think differently and make changes and say, you know what? I've been involved in this for a long time. This has not been something I've been passionate about. This is not something I feel like God has called me to. I just need to let somebody know that I think it's my time to move on from this and have that conversation out of love. You don't have to be, you know, super um, bold and, you know, brazen about it. And like, I'm going to stop this. And this is, you know what I mean? I think we just over, at least I do. I over dramatize things in my mind. I over seek to overachieve. I, I forget to, um, like you said, push the publish button on the podcast because I'm overly perfectionistic about things and it really just holds me up and it deprives other people of growing and learning and experiencing things that maybe they've already come to terms with or maybe they've already had to go on and they're like I just needed to hear that a different way from a different person and that's the way that it's said Um, so I think that 
you should throw the timelines out the window, honestly. I think that you should just move forward right now. If you're unhappy with where you're at, with your people pleasing, just look at that calendar first. Look at the schedule. Okay, because I, I really don't do this. I have to sit down and take inventory like, oh, my gosh, three nights a week is devoted to sports. Next season, because it's seasons, right? Next season, yeah. we need to take a break. We're going to skip the sport for the next season. And it does feel so good to do something like that. Um, so those are the the things that I look for is not being, um, setting too high a bar of expectation for myself, being gracious with myself and really, um, evaluating what needs to stay and what needs to go for that season. You have a newborn, you have a baby. There are things that are not going to happen on your radar right now and they shouldn't soak up that newborn phase, you know, but I think sometimes in the middle of the season, we're like, this is 24 seven, this is never ending, but it really is just a season. And mm-hmm. so just be, be more gentle with yourself and try to put into practice a few of those things. Go to the word and get real with Jesus. And um, once you get clear on what he's calling you to do, then have the commitment to just stick to it, to the boundaries that you've set and to say, I'm not making space for this right now. Um, I'll have to check my calendar and get back to you on that because I don't know if I have the time to put in that. Here's a good one. I don't think I can commit to this right now, but you know who's really great at this and who's helped me before? And maybe that's somebody else's gifting that you know that God has called them to do those things. And it's helped the person that's come to you and it's helped the person use their gifts that really is being suggested for that spot. And that's a blessing that you didn't even know you had the power to give to somebody. But just thinking about things in a way that doesn't tear our nerves up and make us feel like we're going to let people down. Cause that's really what it comes down to is I don't want to disappoint people. It's also about me following mm-hmm. through me. Um, when I commit to something, I'm going to stay committed to it, but there is a time where we need to reevaluate and re, um, search in the word and just, just be more, um, diligent about what God really has for us in this season. So mm-hmm. I love I love that you bring up seasons. I love it so very much because as a person who's now back in the uh, baby to toddler mm-hmm. season, it's mm-hmm. a busy time and it's a lot of 24-7 things. It's so it's so good. But I also have seen it three times before and know it's a season. And I also mm-hmm. know it's the fastest time ever. And then just having seasons in mind and realistic expectations also helps us show up and say, if I'm working on this uh, with a one-year-old, it's going to look way different than how it is I'm working on this with a nine-year-old and how it is I'm modeling things for each of the kids in their own seasons too. It's just, it takes a lot of things into consideration and helps us negate any disappointment we might have because Mm -hmm. there's just going to be a lot of enemy activity trying to make us feel dissatisfied and disappointed Mm -hmm. and um, a lot of discomfort and Mm -hmm. all the D words. Like we need to focus on the C words and not the D words. (laughs) And a lot of it comes down to satisfaction. And I'll tell you, my satisfaction does not come from what it is the secular world tries to tell Mm me um, is satisfying. And my satisfaction in motherhood comes from being in the word and understanding my role and the gifts that are given to us and, and really living out that belief that my children are a blessing and absolutely a gift and believing that and walking the walk. And once I do that, specifically when it comes to motherhood, it is way easier to not people please because I am focused on the fact that my children are a gift from God and mm-hmm. all the other talk from the outside, outside of that truth just becomes a lot of jibber jabber. Not whether even on your be, radar. Yeah. Yep. Whether it be family members or friends or Instagram or Pinterest or anything, I can just yes. let that go to the wayside for sure. Yes, absolutely. Oh man. Lynn, you're so awesome. You are, I Lori so, so grateful. The only thing we're not awesome at is doing this more often because I think it's been I want to say your baby is not baby baby anymore. He's getting big. How big oh, is he yeah. now? He is 13 months. No, I don't, what's today? He it's is 14 months. Yeah. 14. See, that's so Just sad. It's been, I think we did this the last, before you had him. Like it was, yeah. I mean, we catch up from time I'm to time with your little messages, but I need time to be more intentional. Lies. I love this friendship. and I love that we can talk about these things and, they're, they're hard things sometimes. And just one last thought about the what you just talked about before I forget it. I think it's okay to mourn the loss of seasons or the passing of seasons too. I think that that's been the hardest thing for me as a mom that's almost 40 this year. 
um, is thinking that that window for having any more kids is closing. Not that God's put it on our hearts that we need to be having another kid, but just the possibility and the thought of this is kind of the time where all my children are self-sufficient in certain ways. And, um, you know, just that season of early motherhood may be gone all the way and that's okay. And, and God's got something new in a new season. And so it's okay to experience disappointment at that, you know, moving on and then embrace that God has something new, like waking up in the morning and saying, God, I don't know what this day holds, but I want to go where you're going. Like, it's okay. I don't have to know the adventure, but I know if I'm with you, you're going to lead me through it. And I'm excited to be a part of it, whatever you're doing. And so that's how I look at conversations like this. That's how I look at parenting my children, because you never know what you're going to get with three boys. I really don't. I bet. <laughs> Last week, we had three doctor's appointments with the same boy. So, <laughs> so you never know. You and never it doesn't know. often happen that way. But it's just learning how to, to, um, to not lose your marbles in the middle of it, I guess. And just trust mm-hmm. in Jesus that, you know what? I'm just going to pray his foot's not broken, but if it is, you'll get us through it. He really loves these crutches anyway. He's having a good time, so <laughs> he'll be fine. He just jumped off of an excavator. He'll be he'll be fine. <laughs> you know what? That's going to make an awesome story for later. <laughs> <laughs> right? Not last week, but later. Yes. <laughs> oh, Lynn, you're so awesome. I know my listeners are going to want to connect with you more. Where can they find you? Um, well, I have a website, goodnewsmama.com. Um, I do have a podcast that I'm starting to get back into. It's been a while. I have put that season of podcasting down for a little bit and just soaked up time with the boys and I've not felt guilty about it. So (laughs) I'm excited to get back into it. Um, But the podcast is the Good News Mama podcast. And I'm on Instagram sort of at Good News Mamas. I am not a slave to social media in the way that um, some are. And I don't even use it as well as I should for the purpose that it's there for. So I've got some work to do. So I'll try to be more present on that. But really, just reach out to me, send me a message with Good News Mamas, and I'll get it. Um, But I just thank you so much for having me today. And just let me talk to your audience. It's been a pleasure. It always is. You're so good. I love you, girl. Thanks, Lynn. Love you, too. (laughs) That's it for this episode of Elevating Motherhood. Thanks again for spending your valuable time with me today. I hope you found some insight and inspiration, or maybe a little of both. If you liked today's show, please leave a review on iTunes. I use your feedback to plan future shows and cover topics that serve you. You can also connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. Links to those accounts are in the show notes. For more information, including today's show notes, head to elevatingmotherhood.com. That's elevatingmotherhood.com. Thanks again, Mama. I appreciate you.